Today, Greg, Valentina and myself, Louis, discuss many of the challenges retail banking has faced in 2020. We also discuss the future of branch design and how using events can bring more value to the customer experience. If you enjoy this episode and find any of the content valuable, be sure to come and see us at RBR Branch Transformation 2020. We would love to hear from you. And I'll see you in about six and a half seconds. Hello guys, welcome back to another episode of CX Insider. Today I'm joined by Greg and Valentina. How are you doing guys? I'm very well, thank you Louis. Very well, thanks too. How are you doing? I'm really good, thanks. I've just been looking into an upcoming event that we're attending RBR and it's, it looks really exciting. And today we're just going to have a conversation about some of the topics of this event. It's a RBR, Branch Transformation, which last year was actually an awesome event. Uh, this year it's going to be virtual though, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how this year goes. Um, I definitely don't doubt we're going to see any less uh, quality in who attends for sure, but it will certainly be different being, of course, that it's going to be uh, 100% virtual. So yeah, I'm excited for it nonetheless. Absolutely. Uh, I just wanted to start off with a question, Greg, for you. Sure. Uh, this is a good opportunity to start a conversation about where do you think branch banking stands right now in 2020, middle of COVID? I mean, I'm assuming we're in the middle now. It certainly seems like it. Yeah. But we're not that close to the end. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's it's probably the hardest topic to cover in some respects, but it's also the most front of mind in terms of all banks and financial institutions are really looking at you know what role the branches can play and are playing at the moment. I think just from the conversations that I've been having and, you know, just obviously, you know, going up and down the high street and using uh, branches myself, the the banking experience really has become a truly sort of hybrid approach. And I guess we can cover that more later on, but we definitely see a huge combination of people using more so the online and digital elements of banking, but also, of course, still, still identifying a need for those physical branches. There are still some things that I do absolutely need the branch for, even though I'd consider myself to be primarily someone who does bank online. I still have found a couple of occasions through COVID where I do need to go to the branch. And actually, that's been extremely useful and helpful to me. And I probably am not the only person that's had that experience. I would also say that uh, one of the things I'm definitely seeing as part of the conversation, like with our customers, but also just in general with like family and friends is, you know, people still have a level of apprehensiveness, I would say, around going to any physical environment, you know, like a, like a bank branch or maybe like a store or a shop. And we talked about it previously, like this idea of a, a bit of a consumer confidence gap. You know, there is what the organizations, the businesses, the banks are setting up in terms of these, you know, doing an amazing job of creating these safe spaces for customers to come and visit the branches like I've experienced like I say when I've gone to the to the branch but still I definitely you know detect there's this level of confidence that is not quite there for for some people and I think I guess the main challenge yet the opportunity for for banks in 2020 is to try and close that confidence gap in a, you know a variety of different ways, and I think, like I said, I think they're doing an incredible job um, of, of of trying to do that by making those spaces safe to start with. So, yeah, a lot's obviously changed mm. for the physical branch, but I think uh, I think the the role is is definitely evolving, um, 
and and quite well as well. How do you think banks can start addressing this consumer confidence gap in the short term? One of the obvious ones, of course, as I briefly mentioned there, was about making the space feel safe. So, you know, using things, of course, like hand sanitizers and things like, you know, we're we're very much used to that now. Uh, It's crazy how quickly the world has got used to face masks and and hand sanitizers. It really still blows me away today. But you could also not only create the space from that perspective, from like a health perspective, but also use definitely the opportunity naturally to use technology, use appointment systems so that you can stagger and give people, uh, stagger footfall, but also give people a designated time they know they're going to be seen that removes a level of maybe nervousness that they might have we've also seen a a rise in the use of of other technologies like virtual queuing systems so that if people are queuing then actually of course you're naturally gonna you're gonna limit the number of people in a branch all the way to other ideas that we're seeing particularly that's really growing that that i'm quite passionate about at the moment is using completely virtual technologies as almost a support uh, element to the physical branch um, such as video We've done a lot recently uh, over the last six months, let's say, in implementing video solutions to our customers, both in the financial sector and other sectors. And I think that's because video plays a really vital role in connecting people back with those physical locations. It could be members of staff in the physical branch jumping on a video call, for example, with someone to answer some questions. And that, again, will reassure the customer the branch is there for when they need it the staff are there and everything is safe and can continue so i think there's loads of opportunities there's a million other you know i'm just talking about the ones in particular that i've worked with our customers to implement and that i know most well and i'm sure like i say there's a million other ideas but i definitely feel that there's opportunities in within those sort of technologies and to use technology to really support the physical branch yeah absolutely so would you would you say that the branch still has a key role then and also in the future what what do you think the next generation of branches what's their key role going to be in the future i would say just in answers to that first question about does the branch have a key role i'd say absolutely and more so probably ever now than than before because if we look at just generally how people are interacting with with organizations businesses brands banks you know, everyone is apprehensive on some level because of, unfortunately, the world that we're in. And therefore, people are putting and need that that reliability and that trust in the brands that they experience. And for the banking sector and the way that we bank still, as a people, it still very much is, I trust the bank on, on, a, on a certain level because there is a physical location that I can go to. Uh, some people have transitioned completely to doing digital banking where there are for example no physical locations and but for the majority of people that really still isn't the case and i think that's the truth of of how the the land lies at the moment and therefore if that's if that's something that you share with me as an idea i do think that you'd then agree that um the physical branch is so crucial uh, but it's definitely as you say louis is definitely changing the role that the branch is playing has been i would say hyper accelerated to uh, pre-COVID, we were talking about moving away from a less transactional environment and more of like a, a value-added environment, value-added services. And I'd say that COVID has simply accelerated that. And actually, this is such a great opportunity in some respects for people that work within the CX space. So people that listen to our podcast, 
I think this is such a great opportunity to to really lead the way in how they reshape and rebuild and re, re, redesign almost the purpose of the branch so that it's completely customer centric. It's it's built around those value added services and ideas that we were talking about pre-COVID, like at the event last year uh, at RBR, we, you know, we were talking about obviously organizations like banks having workspaces within their branches, coffee spaces, places to host meetings and to do conference calls. Even some banks are now offering areas to do podcast recording like we're doing now, but in a physical location. And I think the long, you know, although physical is obviously of a, of a low, I still think that the the role of the branch in the, in the future, the medium to long term, is certainly going to be that. People will still need and require and rely on those physical locations. They're going to be very much a part of the local community, but they need to be completely customer customer centric, I would say. And like I say, there's there's loads of ideas uh, about how that will be with events and and uh, meeting spaces and coffee spaces and all these sort of things. But I think that's what's going to happen as the branch reemerges. You know, uh, a bit a bit like <clears throat> to use the old analogy of uh, obviously a butterfly. <laughs> you know, it, they they have to reemerge now as this sort of newly formed, very attractive customer focused entity. <laughs> Butterfly is probably a strange one, but <laughs> uh, to use, but I guess it gets the point across. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure we're going to see a lot more about the new value that the branch can offer uh, at RBR Branch Transformation. Uh, just on one point you made a little bit earlier on. So, Valentina, for 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 Greg, for him, there's still an element of trust in physical locations for certain services. Mm. How do you think? younger people currently handle banking how do you how do you bank oh well i bank online right and i cannot speak for all young people but i think the absolute majority is seeking online banking and because it's just convenient really when it comes to online banking apps i think they are the first adopters and i was a couple of times i was in a situation in which i was quite annoyed that i couldn't do the things i had to do online and i had to go to the physical branch of course but especially right now because i was looking i was looking at some statistics and i could see that and this is not only among young people, but if we look at the, like from a different spect- perspective, if we look at the whole socioeconomic groups, people are generally way more stressed and way more worried about their financial situation. So what, what I would say is that what they're seeking is a better better control and the ability to, uh, to have a better overview of, of their financial uh, account. So what the banks could actually do is to, provide better service in this in this sense right so for example if i i have an own online banking app and if i open my online banking app or what i see actually is my current balance right but right under i can see um some cashback options uh, which is encouraging me like if you spend this amount of money and if you spend this and if you buy bit uh, if you buy this you will save more money but i don't think that that's actually how it works right now because i don't really care about that and people don't care about that what they want is control. So 
will give me a feature which will, for example, show me how much money I spend on grocery shopping and on cosmetics and on clothes and on other things, or give me a feature that will allow me to, to budget things or give me a feature which will automatically save money from my uh, uh, bank account for something else uh, so I can I can have the better control. Because what's distressed customers are not seeking other pleasures and this type of benefits what they're seeking is is, is to eliminate the pain and, and, and stress they're going through at the moment also another another report i was looking at actually and i was i was sharing it uh, on cx insider linkedin page is that people actually managed to save more money during the pandemic but it doesn't necessarily mean that they will spend the money so they probably managed to save more money because they are more concerned and cautious about how they spend the money. So again, another indicator that people need more control. Hmm. My point is that how else, how could uh, banking institutions, financial institutions could help ease the current situation of, of the customer? And that is by providing them a better control. So how exactly, for example, in their online banking apps, they could do it. However, I think there's a, the, on this topic of control, I think there's a very clear distinction developing between two different types of transactions that are, are, are done on digital banking. And one is microtransactions. And personally, I found managing my daily finances, my spending, all the small transactions and budgeting I have to do on a day-to-day -day basis is is much easier on apps like Monzo and Revolut, which have got no yeah. physical stores whatsoever. They've definitely differentiated themselves to excel on that front. Whereas I don't have any kind of large, I don't have any large amounts of money stored on any of these online banking apps. I still stick with the original, uh, the original banks. The primary to, yeah. For the for the macro for the mac yeah for the macro transactions for the large things like rent and savings accounts I still go I still stick with my my main bank, so I feel like there's an opportunity there for these banks to really differentiate themselves as the more trustworthy of the organisations, and just they should just let Monzo and Revolut handle the microtransactions but that's just my that's just my opinion yeah well i actually think that but nowadays young people they don't have they don't have a problem they can just automatically switch from their primary bank to the non-primary bank such as monzo or revolut as you said mm. and you said you said that they could they should let these banks to handle microtransaction but but well the primary banks could do it as well with a lot more investment in their apps for sure yeah but Happy customers. <laughs> I mean, you don't care from a customer's perspective, but but the traditional banks are kind of losing the ownership of the customer if they're if the if the customers are just pending between between uh, like these online banks and physical banks. I don't I don't know though because I'm still loyal to the original banks and I have a lot more trust in them than I do Monzo. Trust. Yeah, I definitely still trust the main banks more than Monzo and Revolu. I would never put a savings account in on any of these apps. How long until you do, though? <laughs> do you think that's do you think that's going to last forever, or is that going to be inevitable at some level that true confidence will always grow, consumer confidence will definitely change over time? I think that's just the process of time. And actually, mm. to be honest, Louis, the reason why I guess I'm saying that is because it backs up exactly what you said: is that now is the time to differentiate. Now is the time to 
benefit from the confidence that people you know continue to have in uh, banks that have physical locations and use that as a differentiator evolve your branch in a way that that really adds value that that ultimately cannot be achieved online because there are things that the branch can do that you simply cannot do online and i know that's maybe oversimplifying it but i think that's probably really the only course of action absolutely um th- there's one more thing i wanted to ask you valentina and you mentioned it to me in the pre-pod conversation it was it was about how important is a happy and loyal customer to a bank a traditional bank well of course it, it should be the priority number one right happy and a happy customer is a loyal customer but um unhappy customer, unhappy un- <laughs> is it okay sorry my poster just fell down on my head <laughs> <laughs> what I wanted to say is that imagine what damage could uh, what damage unhappy customer could do, right? And unhappy let me tell you, unhappy baby boomer is not the same like unhappy genzer, right? It can be like a hundred percent worse because they share it on social media and you're done. <laughs> you mentioned some research you did, uh, I think it was about Freud that I found very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was what that, that was what I was talking about before. Is that it's kind of like this Freudian approach uh, that says that all our behaviors are driven either by seeking pleasure or eliminating pain. These two things. So if you look at the statistic, I don't know the latest one that I found: the COVID nineteen pandemic, the financial inequality and mental health during the COVID nineteen pandemic. Right? It says that a predominant like people are way more distressed and worried, especially men or older men, which means that if people are stressed. They are not focusing on seeking pleasure. They are focusing on eliminating the pain. And how can how could banks, how could financial services do this? What could they provide? What, what services and products they could offer in order for the customer to eliminate their pain rather than seeking pleasure? And that takes me back to when I was mentioning I opened the online banking app and I could see, oh, if you spend if you spend this amount of money on this product, you will save, you will get this cashback. Well, I don't really care. Mm. I want features which will help me get organized and see my budget. Louis, if I, could, if I can quickly jump in there, just to add one idea to what Valentina is saying, I think it's such a good point. For so long, banking, uh, for the for the most part, is seen as like a, a must-do and it's a very serious affair. I think one thing actually that the digital banks are doing extremely well is not only doing what Valentina just said, which is uh, making it slightly easier and ultimately uh, more friendly, but actually making banking fun. Why can't banking be fun? I know it's serious, but it, it can be fun. And I think organizations like Monzo and digital banks uh, and all banks, I guess, are, are trying to make banking fun again. And well, maybe maybe correct that because not fun again, because that sounds like Donald Trump make America great again. But and we're not putting that in the podcast. <laughs> make Make banking fun again. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think making banking fun for the young generation, I guess, is what I'm saying. And I think it can be done and I think it's essential to do. Um, so, yeah, just supporting what you're saying there, Valentina. Yeah, no, I definitely agree, Greg. I personally love the idea of having a workspace inside banks where you can have coffee and you can socialize while handling your banking. We were very lucky. We flew out to Poland last year, Greg. So, Valentina, we, threw, we flew out to Poland and we visited 
one of Poland's leading banks. And they had this flagship branch, which was incredible. And it was an amazing experience. So thank you to our hosts for for bringing us along, if you're listening. But it, it was like this super futuristic branch where there was a coffee shop and loads of space to socialize and work inside the bank. I think that's something that has definitely got to be implemented globally, for sure. That actually leads me on to my next question for, for you, Greg. When it comes to designing this next generation of, of, of branches, what would be your recommendations? I think to start with, I think it's probably worth saying that, you know, physical will return. I think that's probably, like I say, somewhat obvious, but also important to say. I'd say second to that, something I briefly mentioned a minute ago, is that the way that the branch, I guess, should be designed, should be thought about in the future, probably should really lean towards doing all the things that you, f- you you cannot achieve in a digital world. So bringing people together, uh, connecting uh, individuals, like customers with your, you know, incredible members of staff, that can be done digitally somewhat, but it can't be done on the same human level. And I think if that's at the heart of the branch, then, then the ideas can flow from there. Um, and things like um, events within a branch, i.e. inviting two, three, four, five people local to that branch so you don't have to have a huge branch to have an event but just a local uh, uh, subset of your your customers coming to the branch to speak to a, a, an expert on one particular topic it could be uh, an advisor for businesses it could be buying your first home event i think events and the uh, value add that an event can bring to your customers whether you charge for it or not for the most part typically not charging for it i think could be a really good differentiator and something that we're seeing especially pre-covid obviously really doing uh, well and i think that will continue you know when physical returns more so that will absolutely continue because you can you can hold those events in obviously a safe way and what what kinds of events are you referring to like what have you seen so far well good examples of ones uh, i briefly mentioned there about like for example first time buyers so if you're let's say yeah, let's say typically young you know you're looking to buy your your first home there's a lot of things you don't know and you can do some research online you can watch some videos you can you can obviously read some websites and some blogs etc but if you and let's say you were doing it with someone else like your other half and you were looking to buy your first home how great would it be to be able to be invited to your local branch where you could sit and listen to one of their mortgage advisors who is an expert in in first-time mortgages, for example, and they could sit down with you either on a one-to-one basis or more, like I say, with an event, maybe it's two, three, four, five other people in the branch, and they could sit down and explain what what a first-time buying process looks like. And not only do you get the benefit of for example, the the member of staff giving you and sharing their knowledge and insights and talking about the different maybe products that they could you could have and the different options and things like that and all the different tips and advice that they could give you. But naturally, you get the you get the advantage of sitting with other people maybe who are very similar to you, like other young, let's say, couples, for example, who are buying their first home and they say, hey, you know, where are you at? Are you just start? They say, no, actually, we, you know, we've we've got our our mortgage in principle, and actually, we're putting an offer in. They say, oh, really? And then they can they can have conversation from that. So that's maybe one example, but of course, you can run away with millions of other examples about uh, different ideas for obviously events in the branch. Mm. No, absolutely, that would be huge for me. I still am very unclear about the house buying process, so I would definitely value from that service for sure. And I can't think of a better way to to develop long-term 
brand trust and loyalty than helping your customers out with that sort of problem. Yeah, absolutely. And that, yeah, that, that comes back to what we were, I guess, talking about earlier is that to create loyalty and trust within a brand, it's about helping your customers through the most significant chapters of their lives. And whether that's saving or trying to buy your first home or it's saving to buy a car, these are significant milestones in people's lives. And if your bank is there and adds, offers that added value uh, to help you achieve that, then you will always look favorably upon that, that organization. Mm, absolutely. These, these significant life moments are, are huge, mm-hmm. huge, to, huge opportunities for banks to, to, to develop a more personal relationship with their customers. Um, but ultimately, it requires a more customer-centric branch strategy. And the next thing I wanted to ask was, was what can facilitate this customer-centric branch strategy? What is the pillar that would allow this to, to, to be a reality? It comes back to something I think I mentioned at the very start of the podcast, slightly evolved. I mentioned about having like a hybrid approach with your customer interaction management where you're you're talking about physical and digital. But I'd say it's to maybe taking that upper level and really making sure that you have a truly holistic omni-channel approach. I know omni-channel is a word that is certainly overused and uh, unfortunately it's a good word. <laughs> it definitely gets overused. But I would say it's really thinking about the whole the whole dynamic of your customers and how they interact with your brand because uh, there will be different components on different channels there will be some things that they need your branches for there will be things that they don't need your branches for and if you can make sure that the experience they have across all channels whether it's physical or whether it's digital etc as long as that's consistent and it's integrated in the sense of i can start the process of opening an account online but actually if i'm in 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 the branch i can actually you know have that finalized or you know if like we go back to the mortgage application example if i start that online and then maybe speak to someone on the phone they can easily carry that on and that to me is really what true omnichannel is about it's about having a seamless transition between one and the other and i think if that can be at the heart of and that really just comes down to customer interaction management how are you managing the communications and the interactions between your customers uh, between the different the different channels and physical is one of those and as i said at the start is extremely important and will continue to be so and that that you know that that will evolve into what it will be but it's making sure that the physical no longer is is distant from the digital i think in the past we've seen that become quite common where you open up a banking application online for example or a mortgage application and when you walk in the branch they've got no idea of it that that really can't happen i would say in the future and i think if the omni-channel approach is really thought about from the center out in terms of that customer experience you know whatever the direction of a bank to take their because every bank's different whatever decision they make to take their take a certain direction i think it will evolve correctly that's personally how I see it. I don't think there's one answer for the exact framework for every branch. I think every every bank is, is and branch is different. So you need to have a, a sort of a central model and then just evolve as as and when uh, from there. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It makes it makes perfect sense. Omnichannel is definitely an overused word, but it's a very difficult thing to to implement properly. And one of our colleagues, Simon, loves talking about true omnichannel, which is, you know, there's omnichannel, which is used quite a lot, but then there is true omnichannel where it's seamlessly integrated. Yeah. And we we will talk about this in our in our next episode. We're actually getting Simon on 
to speak about his favorite topic, uh, multi- multiple channels, omni-channel next. So maybe we should save that conversation for Simon to cover. But so far, I've, I've had I've had a lot of fun talking about this with you guys. Uh, but time is running out, so brilliant. Thank you very much for joining me, and I look forward to spending more time talking about this at RBR. Yeah, looking forward to RBR. Really am this year. It's going to be great. It's definitely going to be an interesting one. Thanks again, Valentina and Greg. Thanks, Lou. Thanks, Valentina. Bye.